0: Thanks for the lift. Hi. You turn left. Thought we were going to skip town. We're going back there. You meant these things. They do not have a sense of humor. They will drag you down, wipe you out whatever's left of me back to those two-bit Camerata pieces of trash How's it going everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host as always Dave. How's it going tonight Dave? It is going great. That's pretty good. That's actually significantly better than our average. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Uh, I don't want to throw throw off the audience. My life is terrible as always. <laughs> thank you. As you know. Thank you. Uh, good to balance everything out. Um, what do you feel like talking about tonight? I feel like you know guess we got some games planned up. Just pick one of them. All right, let me pick
1: randomly from the... How about Transistor, off the cuff?
0: Hey, Red. We're not going to get away with this, are we? I guess that means that, yeah, we're going with Transistor. So uh, we played through this uh, probably closer to when it came out. Did you play when it came out it was back in like 2014 nope. um i beat
1: every other super giant game before i beat transistor okay interesting right. like i played bastion a little bit late mm-hmm. and then i started transistor and i was like i stopped i said fuck it i wasn't feeling the game uh-huh. and then i went into pyre and i was like we gotta complete the trifecta right wait. so i actually went back and finally got
0: around to beating transistor interesting I I did play Transistor when it came out because I was I was already on the the Super Giant hype train um, at this point, um, but that was that was a while back. That was twenty fourteen. So, oof, it's uh, it's it's been a while. But they have a relatively steady clip of releases. Like they came out with Bastion as their very first game, um, and then a few years later, Transistor, and a few years later, Pyre. So, reliable. <laughs> Better than Call of Duty, for iteration yeah, on that. <laughs> we now have
1: to talk about B- Bastion at some point, because yes. um, we've mentioned Supergiant Games in, mm-hmm. like, let's say a third of our episodes. Yeah. And now we, we've covered Pyre, we covered <laughs> Transistor, and there's one person who gives
0: a fuck if we cover Bastion. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bastion, Bastion reviewed the, the best, but this one's not about Bastion. This one's about Transistor, which is a isometric uh, action strategy game um, yeah but with one character you know to contrast a little bit bastion was also isometric mm-hmm.
1: but you kind of go around and you have some melee combat or you have some range combat and you're interacting with the world right. but this is the first time you actually have time to plan mm-hmm. actions because you can actually
0: pause yeah yeah one of the the core features is you can um you're going through fighting these uh, enemies with range attacks, melee attacks, things like that. Robots, yeah, ro- most mostly robots, and uh, you can uh, use an ability called "Turn." Take a turn, time freezes, and you plan out all of your actions using this like action economy bar at the top. Um, then you just hit execute, and you move at matrix speed <laughs> and <laughs> execute uh, pretty much everything all close to instantly. Not completely instantly, but very close. Um, and it's uh, kind of part of the, the key loop of the game as you go from area to area, uh, encountering more enemies and using your abilities to break through them. Um, but Transistor uh, starts off a lot more slowly than that. It starts off with the... Um, main protagonist of the series, Red. <laughs> the series. The one game, Red. <laughs> series of one. Who knows? There might be a sequel. <laughs> that would be weird, but I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it would be a little bit of a twist. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, we're going to... I love this game, and I love the story more than Dave does. <laughs> spoilers. But also spoilers. Uh, I know that we don't give spoiler warnings for games, but I still want to mention it for this one. Because... Mm-hmm. I want to analyze it entirely. So that means going through all of it. So heads up. And if we
1: we follow any of our historical data, we're going to say, hey, spoiler warning, we're going to talk about everything. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about like 25% of it. Yep. Uh,
0: but that would be unfortunate because I planned more than that. Uh, yeah, but it starts off and Red is standing over the the body of a stranger who's like slumped up against a wall and he's got this... Um, circuit board looking Sword fluorescent blade thing yeah. yeah sticking out of them and you're just like oh that's odd kind of weird um and then you hear a voice and uh, kind of a recurring thing theme, theme here is throughout the game whenever um you hear this voice the transistor lights up um, it indicates that you're hearing the voice from the blade itself which i think is is pretty cool and it's cool that they got that uh, that syncing down uh, for all of the voice lines i appreciate that as somebody who's tried to put audio over uh video
1: content <laughs> for something uh that was recorded separately yeah it's <laughs> it's fun but yeah the transition kind of acts as your narration and kind of not your conscience mm-hmm. but kind of like your over the shoulder thoughts because mm-hmm. you as a main character
0: protagonist don't speak right yeah but there's there's a there's a plot contrivance for that you've lost your voice it's been stolen from you um and so yeah it's kind of your your conscience you control your actions and it tells you what you should do um whether you do that or not <laughs> but uh yeah you withdraw the blade and she kind of just drags it around behind her in this awesome kind of style oh yeah or uh, it's like digging into the ground and, like, burning off Transistor. But it's clearly, you know, it's it's a weight she's carrying through this, through the game. A dull blade, but heavy. Yeah, it's just this big, hungry thing. And she's, like,
1: an average-sized lady, but as you were mm-hmm. saying, with the dragging, mm-hmm. it kind of, like, has these little sparks of light which kind of go out through a, a grid or circuit board pattern before yeah. fading off on the ground. Mm-hmm. But, like, as you drag it, there's like eight that go off constantly. Yeah. So it's just a really cool trailing effect as you're moving throughout the game.
0: Yeah. It's it's pretty awesome. And it's worth noting kind of the setting at this point. This game takes place in the, uh, the world of Cloud Bank, which is this digital landscape. They don't really explain exactly how, like, in what universe it exists, but they don't need to. Yeah. It's very...
1: Beautiful, bright cityscape. Mm-hmm. It's very constrained, and you're always very high up, right?
0: Like, you know, right now. No, no, I'm just kidding. You know, when you're living in the city, <laughs> yeah. No, you have to survive. survive. <laughs> Gotta keep. All right, well, n- another episode. Uh, yeah, um, but yeah, uh, Cloud Bank has some problems, and uh, you learn early that this uh, this group, the Camarada. Uh, basically attempted to assimilate you into the transistor but um, an unnamed individual, the bodyguard who Red has feelings for and has feelings for Red um, uh, steps in the way and uh, basically blocks the blade and is assimilated instead yeah, it's a full Mr. President no (laughs) yeah, exactly Um, so that's the voice that's guiding you through the world here Um, and his advice is get out of town like Let's just go. We'll split. Who cares what happens to the city? I'll be here in the sword. <laughs> you know, let's let's head out. And, and it's the safer
1: option, right? Yeah. Uh, non-confrontational, just get out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. Which, like any sane person would say, like, uh, shit's going down here. Let's get the fuck
0: out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Red doesn't do that. Um, you guys heard the motorcycle sequence from the beginning. Um, she... Obviously, doesn't say anything to countermand, you know, his advice to get out of dodge, but just goes further into dodge, right? Yeah. Um, but your your goal begun becomes uh, tracking down the members of the Camarada who did this to you, and uh, see if you can retrieve your lover from the transistor, basically. Um, and that is the kind of the crux of the game. That's the the driving motivation. As everything goes to crap around you because this entity known as the process is essentially reformatting the world. Yeah, and the rogue parts of the
1: process are pretty much what you combat throughout the game. And the enemy types range from like a dog that'll, a robot dog will come bite you, Mm -hmm. or something that'll shoot lasers, or little cameras that will blind you, or other things that involve
0: uh, more and more involved mechanics. And they have a bunch of like cute names, like um, and cluckers. Yeah, cluckers, which are like these artillery chicken egg things. <laughs> You're like, what in the world? Uh, they're the first time you encounter one of the big beefy like bouncer type robots. Uh, you you kill him the first time, and then the transistor just like jerk, and then that's his name is <laughs> is just jerk. Yeah. Uh, there's these little um, radar dish guys that uh, uh, provide an invulnerability shield. And those are called cheerleaders.
1: <laughs> what are the uh, little snakes called again?
0: Uh, we- weeds. Yeah. yeah. Um, they like create a, a healing, healing ore. Aoe. And uh, yeah. if enemies get close, it turns into a damaging ore and it'll burn them down. Um, and that comes into play a little bit because um, mechanically, uh, you have access to uh, a large set of functions. It starts off kind of basic, but they're basically the, the key... Like, here's a reason to play the game for a Transistor is you can customize your build, like, very dramatically. Um, yeah.
1: You have four slots. You start out with just the two abilities, Crash and Breach. Crash is kind of a quicker animation. Um, it's fairly close range, but it will also stun enemies. Mm-hmm. Versus Breach, which is higher damage, um, goes a lot further Yeah, and can actually like, pierce through uh, multiple enemies. Mm-hmm. But it has, like, a much longer cast time or yeah. turn cost you have to like raise the transistor up and ah. drop it in
0: real time yeah <laughs> um and really like the the cool thing here is they have that that primary function but you can slot them as a secondary so if you uh slot crash into um it doesn't at the beginning of the game i don't believe you have any secondary slots at the very very start no. but they open up uh, relatively soon you get the first one um but you can uh, take Crash and put it into a secondary slot on Breach. Yeah, and now your Breach uh, like stuns for a short period of time and then opens them up to uh, future uh, further damage,
1: which is really cool. Yeah, because um, you. I'm not sure the full number throughout the game, but mm-hmm. it's a decent number. So you have yeah. quite the options as far as variety of combinations based on your playstyle. Like I was talking with Jake earlier in the week. And he's like, oh, I did this. And I was like, I know you could fucking do that.
0: Because
1: <laughs> usually my approach is always, well, let's go direct damage. Yeah. Let's hit them in the face until they're dead. And if that doesn't work, try again. Yeah. Doing the same thing. Head against
0: wall strategy. This game really, uh, it rewards you for going for the not face, or the, or the back. And then you stab that, or what some people call a backstab. <laughs> and you get a, uh, a multiplier uh, for hitting enemies from the back. So uh, it's pretty much untenable if you're playing the game in real time, and you're just using your abilities. But if you're using the turns, the way that works is plan all your actions, execute them, and then there's a cooldown period before uh, you can take your next turn. And most of your abilities will be disabled uh, while you're in this cooldown, unless you slot uh, Jaunt in, in which case it's like, now this ability is usable while turns on cooldown. So you can like have a lot of this customization. Um, And the backstab is awesome. So an early game strategy might be you hit them with a crash. um, You start your turn. Yeah, start your turn. Hit them with a crash. They're stunned. They're susceptible to more damage. Circle around and then just spam uh, three breaches um, on their back, and it'll just do crazy amounts of early game damage. Just tears them to pieces. Um, But uh, yeah, other functions kind of allow you to split that up a little bit more. Uh, spark literally splits things up <laughs> gets you some aoe
1: that's uh i think one of the better ones to either have as like a main or just put it as a secondary into something else yeah because it shoots out this ball which then it explodes into like 10 other balls and aoe around it yeah so if there's initial impact damage and then there's secondary explosion damage oh yeah so you can chain that with something yeah
0: if you like some of these abilities like a whole lot. You can keep them as your primary pretty safely for like the, the entire game, <laughs> but uh, a lot of them have a lot of potential for secondaries as well. So, Spark, you mentioned mentioned it uh, splits out. If you uh, get an early function, um, Help, which lets you summon a, like a dog, someone that'll run up and bark at them and do damage, and you slot that with um, Spark, it summons two dogs instead. And normally you can't control them in turns. Rid just runs up and does everything at like instant speed. Um, but uh, with that modification, you can. And now your damage output in turn is like crazy. Um, do the dogs actually count against your turn or do they have their, they own, have their turn own bar? They have their own bar. Yeah, that's oh, nice. Yeah. It's, it's pretty legit. And there's some modifiers you can slot so that um, you have more energy in turn. And then, you know, maybe you have more attacks for the dogs. There's a lot of synergy. Um, and, uh, some of them have pretty big differences. So we've mostly mentioned like a couple modifiers, some attacks. Um, another big one is mask, which is just like, you're invisible. Um, if that's your primary slotted thing, you're just invisible. So an early game turn strategy might be keep mask on your bar so you can execute a turn, turn invisible immediately after that in your vulnerable period. Um, if it's like slotted with, uh, Actually, I don't even know if that needs jaunt. You might always be able to use that when outside of turn. I'm not sure. Um, but turn invisible, and then let your turn cool down and do it again. Yeah. Because if you're
1: invisible, you can't really draw aggro from enemies. You're not going to be attacked by anything mm-hmm. unless you're doing static AoE attacks. Yeah. So it really helps you set up, especially if you have your other abilities disabled while your turn bar is recharging. Exactly. Because I would usually do a turn... And then start being hit by things and I can't use abilities to get out of the yeah. way good. or I can't kill them. So I'm like just walking behind cover hoping for the best.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's a pretty good strategy in the early game, honestly. Um, the trick being once you've done your invisibility, um, your turn will, uh, may have cooled down, but you execute that turn and your invisibility won't have cooled down because your turn happens like instantly, right? <laughs> How everything's things going to cool down? Um, so there's, there's give and take, but uh, people play this game very differently, is the the short of it. Um, another uh, kind of modifier you can throw on this is as you progress through the game, you unlock limiters. If you played uh, Bastion, these are like the gods. Um, and if you played Pyre, it's like... The, the constellations. Exactly, yeah. Oh, man. And those had great names, those constellations. <laughs> freaking awesome. Astralborn. But... Uh, the, the limiters basically, just like those other games, make the enemies more difficult. Um, there's a mechanic where when you kill an enemy, it like drops an egg. And if you don't collect that egg, it'll respawn. So that forces you to kind of close the distance, which some builds don't really want to do. Um, and some of these modifiers make it so, like, there's more eggs, or now they have shields you have to break, um, or they respawn really quickly, and you're like, uh, yeah the payoff for turning these limiters on is you get more experience throughout the game. And as you get experience for clearing these combat encounters, you level up and you have some choices. You can pick, like, I want to have more secondary slots or um, more passive slots. Um, also memory. Memory is a big one. Memory, I assume, is
1: how much you actually are limited to have yeah. things equipped, whether they
0: be primary, secondary, etc., Exactly. Everything has, like, a cost. Anything can
1: be bought and sold for the right oil!
0: To have it on your bar. Um, So higher base memory is just more active effects, more passive effects, all of it. So at the end of the first area,
1: you go back to the empty set, which is basically where the the attack happened, Mm -hmm. which you were kind of, like, warned against, like, let's not go back there. Mm -hmm. You go back there, uh, you actually get to hear your character's sound for the first time. Yeah. Not exactly voice, Mm -hmm. but uh, you can go back to the mic. Your character is this uh, really famous and very popular singer. Right. And you actually get to hum for a little bit. Yeah. Which um, is a big thing throughout the game as far as the musical pacing. Yeah. And I think all of the songs on the soundtrack have... Like oh here are the vocals or hey here's just the hum version
0: yeah no it's it's legit um, that they have that kind of layering in it um, and it's kind of like a this is a form of resistance really right they've taken my voice but I can still hum so sucks to be you <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you encounter uh, your first boss battle mm-hmm.
1: of civil rise yeah uh, one of the members of the camarada uh, member was actually obsessed with your ability to sing mm-hmm. and wanted you for the transistor yep so she's like we should gank <laughs> this bitch
0: <laughs> She's like it's carries alone in top lane." <laughs> smoke go, out go, go. <laughs> uh, yeah obviously
1: it, doesn't pan out though because no, not so much you were alive and not in the transistor yeah but your uh cute bodyguard is mm-hmm.
0: honestly just just the hotness he is so you know you never yeah. really, you never see his face. I like mysterious men.
1: <laughs> um, but as you are fighting her, she's not a person per se. No, she's kind of been corrupted by the process. It's like a mm-hmm. a process construct of her. Yeah, exactly. I think it's better way to say it. Um, but it's like this big three tiered stage or three staged fight. Yeah, where she's kind of like this larger than life. I want to say like eighteen hundreds lady who has like a very poofed out dress she right. has the, mm-hmm. the parasol yeah parasol like, spear <laughs> yeah yeah and the fight has a lot of uh cheerleaders and weeds yep <laughs> high school am i right <laughs> i just want to make that down joe without the cheerleaders but yeah yep. yeah <laughs> so you have or to kind weed. of uh work around getting all these different ads mm-hmm. before you can really get rid of her yeah but each time she gets more and more fanatical yeah like you kind of like hit yeah. that like boss and rage meter dang right I'm gonna hit that <laughs> <laughs> zing <laughs> but then when you actually beat her um there's like a normal sized version of her that's just kind of like crawling on the ground struggling oh yeah and you actually kind of have to
0: coup de grace yeah yeah it's it's pretty sad but I don't care about finishing her off at the end because this fight is like one of the first really obnoxious ones mhm like up until this, you can kind of like do whatever, but this one she will kill you like when you are cooling down on your turn. like she she does a lot of damage. yeah. And this is actually the first time too,
1: where I learned about emergency turns. Yes, yeah. So you have a health bar like in most games where there's combat. Right. and once that goes away, or you you get hit to the point where it's gonna hit you for lethal. You have an emergency turn. Mm-hmm. We have one more turn to kind of do things. If you get hit again after that, you lose one of your processes. Yeah. Which is oh,
0: yeah, I just debilitating. I just restart. Actually, when yeah. I lose processes, um, yeah, the emergency turn, I think I think it only happens if your turn is off of cooldown, which makes it painful sometimes if you're like relying a lot on turn and then you get yeah. hit out of order. But it's your your final chance. It's like, all right, go for it. So if you know that you're going to be playing close to the edge, you can purposely hold your turn just to ensure that if you do take that lethal hit, you can run away or something. Um, but we were talking about the ads. That's that was my main way for like dealing with this fight because she's so obnoxious. Um, there's weeds in the fight which will heal her. The AI is like not amazing for this game, but it will either like Zerg rush you or run back and heal. <laughs> yeah, and she will run back and heal. Um, so you can hit them with, uh, another function we haven't really talked about, uh, called switch and switch when in a primary slot has kind of like a charge time, but it allows you to convert an enemy onto your side for six seconds, which is amazing in this fight because her ads either make her invulnerable or heal her, both of which are much better when put to use on the protagonist. But what if I didn't die? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's a pretty great combo where you can hit that with the um, the spread shot and make a Switch shotgun, which um, is uh, also good. <laughs>
1: Please don't uh, use your Nintendo Switch to make a shotgun at all. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of
0: how to make a joke about that, and I was like, that seems like a waste of money. <laughs> you can 3D print a Switch shotgun. It may be less expensive to just buy an actual shotgun <laughs> than to buy a Switch. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm thinking about it now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the street price for a shotgun, unfortunately. I'll, I'll talk to my guy. We'll figure <laughs> her out. We'll we'll put that in the edit. But uh, that makes the fight a lot more tenable because she can be charging at you, trying to do tons of damage, and you're immune um, for six seconds, something like that. Um, it gives you some recovery time. But she's a pain. Uh, deal with her. I don't care. You can Finish her off. You know, you can have your dramatic moment if you want. But I just wanted to kill her at that point. Um, and then claim her uh, function, which was uh, help. I mentioned it earlier, but the ability to summon ads, which would have been really great for her fight, actually.
1: Yeah, if only I had this power before fighting, fighting this person. Yeah,
0: and that was every Mega Man game. So. <laughs> but that's that's exactly how that fight goes. So she's the first main character of the Camarada, and she kind of she gives you some leads uh, to follow up on the rest of them. Um, so you can figure out exactly what they were trying to do with the transistor here. And the voice in the transistor isn't terribly pleased with the camarada, as just another recall back to our, the, the intro. intro. Yeah. yeah the two bit Camerata pieces of trash, <laughs> trash, trash. I'm trash, man. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a trek, and that this is mostly core gameplay is moving area from area, encountering enemies, Encountering upgraded versions of enemies. Um, yeah, a lot of friends come back mm-hmm. and then they'll add in
1: some new things as you progress through. <laughs> Jerk 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually like you're going through and then you're like, I sure we hope you don't run into the. Pro- oh my god, the <laughs> process! Yeah. <laughs> as if summoned, <laughs> the process shows up. But one thing that's cool about the combat is it kind of sequesters off an area. Mm-hmm. It's not always an isometric rectangle. Right. It's kind of based around what's nearby you. Mm-hmm. So sometimes like you'll have areas which you can't access or sometimes they will have these walls. Right. Which you can actually break down and go through. And sometimes you need to to get through certain areas. Yeah. But I just like how it's dynamic per the area. Like exactly. each encounter is technically different.
0: Yeah. Like those walls give you some temp cover, but if they take enough fire, they're going to they're going to fall down. Yeah um yeah it's it's got that that tactical bent to it that a lot of games um do <laughs> and usually you're, you're managing it with like a squad or something like this but this is single single powerful unit red is um but it, it, it is fun and it's got a really good feel when you have your kit you're like i know how to use my abilities i know how to plan my turns let's do this um And you could just barrel through some of these encounters when you have your your standard approach down. So, another big encounter you have in this game,
1: post Sybil, Mm -hmm. is the boss battle with the spine, which is kind of like this construct of the world which gets corrupted by the process, Mm -hmm. of course. Right. And I appreciate it because I kind of have my own daily battles with my spine <laughs> yeah. hashtag sc- scoliosis hashtag it's not an S it's a symbol of hope <laughs> um, but this is actually one of the most pain in the ass fights Yeah, cause you're just shooting out lasers spitting out damage mm-hmm. um, you kind of have to dodge between cover but then he like puts out all these eggs as you were calling them Yeah. Mm-hmm. to spawn enemies and you're like trying to rush through and like oh let me make sure these don't spawn enemies right Eggman. Yeah, Doctor <laughs> Eggman, and then like also like a tail of the spine will come out. Yep, and just attack
0: you from above, which I don't think you even have a tell for. It's kind of it's periodic, yeah, and it just phases through reality. It attacks you a couple times, like as you're making your way up to him. Uh, he also makes the transistor drunk, or like something. Yeah, it turns there's, red. There's some weird interaction there, um, but yeah, this guy's a, this guy's a pain. I uh, I. Pretty much always struggle with this guy, and some abilities that just straight up are garbage against him. Like, um, I use help, like in that combo I described earlier, mm. the two summons, and they will not automatically attack the spine because he's a little bit like off of the ground. He's like back, so that's a waste of a slot for the most part.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you can't really change slots mid combat. You have to do about these
0: saver checkpoints. Yeah. These little terminals, um, yeah, it's it's really obnoxious. And this is one of the f- first fights, civil to a lesser extent, but the spine um, goes on for a while, so you because have to it's run like a back and huge forth. Huge thing of health. Yeah, this guy's got that uh, the screen health bar. He's
1: <laughs> um, also just kind of part of the screen.
0: Yeah, like mm-hmm. certain things are enemies
1: which move around within the area, and this is just like I'm gonna be here. Mm-hmm. You can come and attack
0: me if you feel you're up to it. Right, right. He's got this like a gatling laser that just uh, tears through you if you get in a melee range or he breaks through the terrain. Um, it's it's a it's an obnoxious fight and is it an obnoxious fight? It is an obnoxious fight. Okay, I, just I want to actually, make actually, sure. yeah, it's an obnoxious fight. Um, i right, let me clear <laughs> that up. And uh, th- this is just a gripe I have with the game is it doesn't really lead into this fight difficulty wise. Um, but more on that later.
1: I'm not a moron. Fuck you, <laughs> moron. That. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Typically, games should have nice progressions into things, mm-hmm. so you feel challenged, but you can meet the challenge I feel <laughs> 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 mentally or otherwise. Um. But in a way that you feel you are progressing. Yeah. But when you hit like these huge difficulty spikes in any game, but also in here, mm-hmm. you're kind of like, uh oh. And maybe that's something you're trying to convey yeah. as far as hey, this is something that's supposed to
0: be way above where you're at. Yeah. But it, it feels bad to go up against it. It does feel bad. But uh, you kill that off. Uh, climb inside of the thing, because it's this huge organic worm, slimy thing. Uh, you climb inside of it, and it turns into, like, a 2D, uh, left to right um, platformer without platforms, I guess? Side scroller. Just... Side scroller
1: is correct, but... Um... Typically throughout the world, like, there is background, there's dimension, Mm -hmm. but they do have these two-dimensional cut scenes, kind of, Yeah. like, if you're on a bike between areas where you have some exposition, but it's a very flat 2D, Mm -hmm. and it's a very tonal shift, very, yet again, words have failed me, Yeah. Um, you have a very good profile Mm -hmm. of everything, so it has this nice cinematic effect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They definitely, they didn't need this section, but they put it in and artistically it looks cool. But Red uh, goes in, takes the transistor, and just carves up a heart that's inside of this thing. Kali Ma! <laughs> <laughs> At which point, uh, the transistor is freed from his drunkenness spell and is more sober. Hmm. <laughs> Do we want to elaborate on that at all? It's uh, So it's kind of like a jamming effect that the spine seems to have on the transistor. It glows red. His speech becomes really slurred. And uh, the only reprieve from that is entering these... Um, there's this kind of this backdoor escape hidden area that you periodically can go back to uh, through the game using Sybil's access key. That's more of like... Um, I
1: mean, it's a cool spot, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I remember there were doors you can like do
0: these challenges yeah for like extra experience points pretty much yeah there's a couple different types of challenges one of them is um you get random or i think i think they're random uh, abilities and functions and you can outfit them using very limited amounts of memory and then you have to defeat the next wave of enemies and then get some more upgrades have more memory keep doing that and try to clear all of it um You can use that with your limiters, which makes it really hard later, and I wasted a lot of time trying to clear it with a lot of limiters. Um, Other ones are like, uh, just survive for X amount of time. They're all optional challenges, right? uh, The very first one you have to clear, and then after that, then you're good. Um, But they provide you more XP.
1: Um, Which, if you're like us, you're typically doing, oh, is there side content? I'll be back. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly, right? (laughs) See you in a moment, reality. (laughs) Um, and the one I like the most though is, uh, single turn challenges where they give you, they set up a bunch of enemies, maybe some terrain, whatever. They give you a hot bar of abilities and they're like solve the puzzle. Yeah. So it's like, uh, it's like Faria. They're puzzles. So. I was going to
1: say Faria or what else did that? I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, Magic the Gathering. Ah. Like, um... Second, second place. Like, MTG 2015. Yeah. Had some,
0: like, hey, uh, shit's going down this turn. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah, how do you get out of this? Teach you mechanics. Um, which is a really nice way to do it. And I think that's the main advantage to this kind of puzzle area and those other doors, is it forces you away from your standard kit of abilities, so you can, like, be forced to improvise and find some combinations you wouldn't have even tried in the base game. Because you felt you were doing good enough. Um, and this uh, comes up later is how I end up finding my in-game builds. Because the game forces me to use them in the hardest challenges. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the transistor is fine there. But as soon as you walk back out, it's like, ah, and we're groggy again. Because <laughs> it's being jammed in reality or wherever the spine is. Yeah. Once you beat the spine, that goes away. Yeah, it's like this um,
1: kind of unrelated mid-boss mm-hmm. to the game because it's not involved
0: with the Camarada at all. Yeah, it's it's kind of like close to your destination, but it lore thematically, it would have no reason to guard them. It's just a challenge that's in the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but once that spine is dead, you can start working your way up the Camarada tower there's a couple of interesting screen transitions where it's like you walk through a door on the right and you come out like two floors up on a door on the left, and then you walk around a walkway, go through the door on the right again, and then you're a floor below like in the middle, and then you walk to that door, then it takes you to the top or something like that. Kind of like non-Euclidean geometry behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I can never usually find the Euclidean, but... Uh... <laughs> Is that a PC joke? Yeah. Um... I mean, people can listen to this on their PCs if they want. It's, you know, it's fine. They'll get the joke. I'm, uh, I'm not mad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, you work way up to the top, and one of the other members of the camarada starts dropping these terminal messages on you. Uh, Asher. And Asher's kind of... He's like a, a tanned, white-haired... Um, I'm going to say, like, intellectual... Kind of hipsterish sounding guy. He's clearly very, very smooth and accept, like accepted in his ways. Um, but he basically invites you to continue up, um, try to try to find him. He thinks you're looking for Grant, who is the the head camarada member. Um, and periodically through these terminals, you learn more and more about his his mindset. And really, he uh, he takes responsibility for everything that the Camarada has done and how they've caused the process to escape. To the people of Cloudbank, we did this. We, the Camarada, are responsible for inexcusable crimes committed against this city and her citizens. This is a formal admission of guilt. I solemnly swear everything written here is true. Know that I am responsible for these heinous acts perpetrated against the city of Cloudbank. My accomplices are Sybil Rise, Royce Braggett and grant kendra we alone are to blame perhaps our worst sin is you will get no justice for now we all share the same sentence and this is kind of a turning point for the voice in the transistor the, the stranger because he was like so angry with the camarada rightly so you know if you were trapped in the transistor you're like i want my body back who did this right yeah. um but he realizes their motives here were just to keep the world as it was and it was a huge mistake on their part. But they're taking responsibility for it. And it's harder to hate them for that. Yeah,
1: and in person too. Yeah, exactly. When they're first introduced they're set up as these
0: big bad silhouettes. Yeah. This is Team Rocket. They, yeah. They tried to kill you. <laughs> but
1: when you see them in person, they're like, Yeah, I fucked up.
0: Yeah. You're like, shit yeah like the the empathy comes in to a degree yeah and a lot of that like even red she has some responses on some of these terminals because whenever you encounter one of these terminals in the game you'll sometimes have some choices or you'll have just a button like post a comment Mm -hmm. and red will type out a lot of times like a a message like hey everyone needs to evacuate then backspace it and just be like there's like this this district's like done for or something like that um And when she's ascending this tower, the messages she's sending in response to Asher's terminal messages are always like, why did you do this, though? Or, like, what was the point? Yeah, trying to get understanding rather than accusatory. Right. Because this is presumably a world where people in these programs were living in... There's no, like, mention of war or anything like that. They've kind of got a utopia going on. So like, true malicious malicious intent is foreign, it seems like, to uh, CloudBank. It's interesting. It's an interesting angle on it. (laughs) Witchtopia? Dystopia. (laughs) Uh, Though once you make it to the top of the tower, the utopia falls apart, and uh, Asher has very recently killed himself um, in response to uh, Grant having killed himself. Um, And... His uh his final line was a uh, I'll see you in the country, to Red, as a final like voice log. Which is their kind of afterlife type area, I guess. It's not really defined. I think it's like in the same way.
1: Um, oh, you're. What happened to my dog Spot? Oh, mm-hmm. he went to go live out on the farm. In the farm, yeah, exactly. It's like this idealistic place, kind of taken away from. All the toils of, like, everyday life and sadness. Just a happy place with sunshine. Yeah. The so country, <laughs> what you imagine heaven to be. Like the old country. <laughs> Wait. No, that's not right. <laughs> Wait, if Grandma's from the old country... <laughs> oh, God. Grandma's an angel. <laughs> but with how she bakes for me, how could she not be? Yeah. True, true, true.
0: But uh, you get to um, absorb... Uh, both of their remaining process traces into the transistor. And this is something you've been doing for various characters up to this point to get functions. And after you beat Sybil, um, you kind of you don't really leave people behind whenever you encounter the remnants of someone who's just like dissipating and being absorbed by the process. Into the transistor they go. Um, it's a collect a thon of faces and names. Um, which is, you know, it, it's inter- interesting in it expands your uh, your arsenal too um at this point uh you are basically given a choice of which of their functions you want and they're both like good end game options <laughs> i think one of them was i believe one of them was coal and the other one was purge yeah, hello, everybody. <laughs> hey, hello, <everybody. laughs> yeah, if you pick Purge, it just like opens a YouTube video and it goes into a nine hour patch analysis. <laughs> but could you remind the audience what Purge actually does? So Purge is a uh, described as a ranged parasite. You basically fire it, it's a projectile, and it will home in on uh, a nearby enemy. I think if you're mousing over an enemy, if you're using pc it'll have priority yeah <laughs> it'll have priority for that target yeah but it slows them um pretty considerably and then does damage over time non-stacking so a lot of the attacks in the game you're just going to like hit them repeatedly this one you can only refresh the duration not the effect so yeah. so if you go into like turn and you're like i'm gonna hit this guy with 10 purges <laughs> it it's it counts as one yeah i think this is the one i picked because as soon as i see dot I'm hmm. like
1: yes yeah i just love damage over time effects i like the war of attrition type mechanic in yeah. any type of game mm-hmm. where you can kind of bleed somebody dry maybe that says something about me <laughs> um but i like that more so than just the the nuke damage yeah
0: mm-hmm. which is the other one that's a beautiful segue that'll ruin by hey, calling yeah. it out uh cole is the highest highest damage melee ability in the game it's like a huge overhanded smash basically and it takes an absurd amount of turn energy the more powerful abilities take more turn space it just takes one turn it's just, yeah. Whoop, yeah you literally um one ability a function is ping if you slot it in something that makes it cheaper in turn um or cast faster in real time and that's the only way you can use two of these in a turn um but there's this nice little mechanic where you have any turn space left. You can slot anything into that remnant space. So you can, like, max out a bunch of little things and then one huge then... coal at the end. And yeah. it's amazing. In the same way, I like to,
1: before using turn, cast an ability. Mm-hmm. And then while that ability is casting, I'd be like, and turn. Right. With so, the bullets in
0: the air, you pause time. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> because your first action will still resolve, mm-hmm. and you can be like, "And these other things." Exactly. Yeah, that's It's a, like a canceling your animation for doing something.
0: <laughs> the recoil. no recoil. Jump in and do yeah. all this. Yeah, it's nice. It, it is pretty legit, and it's a it's a good way to go through here. Um, al- another ability that you'll uh, get pretty early here, in the leveling up is uh, Void, which although. It's basically an AOE um, uh, kind of like pulse effect, and it doesn't have too much of a cast time. It casts pretty fast. It does almost no damage, but it gives them a weakened debuff that makes their character model smaller, and also stacks three times. Amplify damage exactly, and this becomes this becomes your ultimate alpha strike ability in turn. Where you hit them with three voids, follow up with one of your most powerful attacks, and just watch their health bar vanish. The old Cole
1: backstab. Yeah. Yeah. Cole's amazing. Also, um, each of these names, if you notice, have very powerful connotations. hmm Like, to void something. Yes. To completely remove it from existence. To purge. Mm-hmm. To get rid of. To cull. To cut out. Yeah. A lot of computer very... science stuff, too. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just very cathartic in nature for like how powerful these terms are. Yeah, it's like I used to like the word decimate as a kid, until oh, I'm like, right. oh, that's one tenth. <laughs> would you Never say mind. your dragons
0: would decimate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I like that call <laughs> Yeah, um, and I, I, a lot of that is because they use their functions, right? So they are computer science terms, and they're aggressive ones, so they're gonna. They're going to be distraction. So the ones like ping, mm-hmm. help.
1: Yeah, exactly. And everything actually has a like the function brackets after it in its name. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it was done incidentally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they kept it with the theming of computer science terminology, which is
0: nice. Yeah, something uh, uh, we had seen during our review for this is uh, a lot of times they'll give you meaningless statistics uh like on the screen like this is the number of times the spine has tried to attack you Mm -hmm. and it's just like a little text box next to the spine every time it attacks or like uh examples of things would be like that um uh number of oh when you get the transistor that's the first one it pops up kills today one One. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like a shitty google glass
1: in a way (laughs) but it it just adds, like, a little bit of world building. Just yeah. the
0: slightest fucking bit. Yeah. Kind of rounds the edges, which is nice. Uh, that's Super Supergiant's thing. Like, it's all about the world building and the theming. So. A lot of which
1: is through music. Yes. Oh, yeah. For theming, not world building. <laughs> yeah.
0: Although sometimes. Sometimes. That'll be... That'll, we'll, we'll save that for Bastion. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, as soon as it said that I made eye contact, I'm like, not now, Jake. Not now. <laughs> I know what you mean.
0: But, uh, yeah, at, th- at this point, you're in the late game, and you're, you're, you have an optimized build, probably. You know how you're going to go through and play the game. And uh, there's only one remaining member of the Camarada, and that's Royce. And Royce is, like, on the opposite. Uh, you have to go all the way back to the beginning and build a bridge um, next to where you extracted the transistor. Um, but he talks to you by, through a, like, CRT proxy that's just floating in the air. Somebody's face on it. Like, his face. Obviously. Yeah. Someone's face. <laughs> and it's... uh, he, he follows you for an irrational amount of time. He's basically leading you to where he actually is. Yeah. Well, it's the whole time you're going back, right? Yeah. Like, into, like, his area on his side. um, And at this point, the process has, like, reformatted the world even more. It's all just sheer white. And you're starting to see, like, actual... Uh, structures popping up that are completely unrelated to what your world was like before. Like, it's advanced. It's advanced. <laughs> um, it's not stupid. <laughs> and they, uh, Supergiant does a couple, couple cool twists here. Um, one of them is your introduction to Jerk 3.0, the latest upgraded version, is there's an, a gap you can't move across, um, and there's no jump pad. There's nothing like that. You walk up to the edge, and it like unmask[s] from the opposite side, then pulls you across the ledge and starts smashing into you, um, which I love. That's that's a really cool touch. Hey, combat bitch, what up? <laughs> it's like they get you across the ledge, and they introduce the mechanic like in one fell swoop. Um, another cool thing is in this area, there's a part where you walk through a door, and you're like on this um, this causeway. And you can like look around it a little bit, but there's no other exit. And transistor's like, uh, like I'm not really sure what we should. And then like if you walk back through the door, it takes you forward. So you you, you backtrack, but again non-Euclidean takes you forward on the path. You're like uh, oh, and it's like uh oh. <laughs> yeah, I think part of that is just.
1: I'm sure at a point in time previously in the world. Um, things were keep using the word Euclidean, yeah, mm-hmm. and it made sense. But in the same way, you have access to these back doors. Mm-hmm. I feel like certain things are being remapped by the process. Yeah, as far as this door leads here,
0: mm-hmm. it's like this door is. Oh, oh, we're actually mm-hmm. back there. Wait. We're back at the Apple base, right? Yeah, <laughs> fixed it. See, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know if you can go back through that door afterwards to like try to actually backtrack. What mm-hmm. would happen? I didn't. Our listeners can tell us what happens. Get to this point in the game specifically and let me know. Um, uh, There's another part. This is the last kind of aside for this area I have. But uh, you can walk through a door and you end up on the ceiling. And the controls are now relative to you on the ceiling. (laughs) And uh, thank God they don't make you actually fight anything like that. Because it's super disconcerting. But um, I like that. It's just a little aside thing. Um, and then they, they have a tongue in cheek moment when you enter a back door and you can do your training, whatever, Mm -hmm. leave back out and CRT guy is right there. Royce is there and he's like, and that's the purpose of the transistor. (laughs) And the transistor's like, wait, what? Can you you say that again? (laughs) Royce doesn't respond.
1: (laughs) Yeah. A lot of this, uh, games plot, I guess we said there's kind of like some exposition between transitionary areas mm-hmm. but you're not really told all that much up until yeah. this point i say the jig kind of like when you start off in a movie and there's like six people in a van and like they have like their guns loaded they have like their masks They're like okay we're gonna rob this bank yeah you guys know what to do and it's established in the world like okay everybody knows what's going on mm-hmm. these are the the stakes these are all the characters And you just kind of go from there. Right. And you're like, yes, I am along for the ride. And you're looking around (laughs) trying to, I guess, uncover more details throughout the world. Right. And you get bits and pieces, but you don't get a lot of it until the Royce
0: exposition on the CRT, Mm -hmm. where it's kind of just this wall of things. Yeah. He's just talking about all the Camarada's motivations and how he loaned the transistor to Grant and how he was using the transistor to like adapt the city to the people's whims but the camarada didn't want him to do that so they tried to make things the same and somehow cause the process to be released it's uh it's this whole i actually kind of have a gripe with the game that they give you this wall of exposition um at the end when they could have tried to fit it elsewhere and it's a little it's a i don't think you can be more ham-fisted than the earpiece uh, in like modern games. Yeah. It's like Batman bends over and like touches his ear and Oracle's like, I gotta... <laughs> the info dump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I get that.
1: Like I understand why they did it where they did, but I still sympathize with what you're saying. Yeah. Cause I think it's better from like a, a pacing, and world building standpoint, mm-hmm. if you can have a kind of space throughout. Right. And it's weird if you go to like, let's say the final boss, mm-hmm. And they're like, but this was my plan all along. And it's just 10 minutes. You're just like, are we fighting or what? Like, what's going on? Because at a point, it's like, but how was I supposed to know Yeah. as the player? Mm-hmm. In the same way, if you have like a book or a movie, you want the person to be able to piece together what's going on if mm-hmm. they're paying attention. Yeah. You want it to be like, and surprise, like M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan style. You want to be like but you never saw this coming did you? It's like oh my god no. You want something that like you've left breadcrumbs for. Right. It's got to be grounded. Fits. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You can't just be like I'm an alien. You're like <laughs> okay, uh, like I don't know where that came from or why it matters. Yeah. But I guess I'll accept that was your reasoning.
0: Mm-hmm. And part part of it is up until this point the game has been giving you those breadcrumbs in the form of character bios. Characters are attached to functions, where you found their function usually, Mm -hmm. and you unlock multiple parts of their bios by using that function as like a secondary slot or a passive. But most of that information is all related to the characters. So it's more world building than plot. The gist of it is most of these characters started to find out what the Camarada were doing and then vanished. There you go. That's most of them. Like they do other things, but it kind of boils down to that template. So this end part seems like the antithesis of that. It's like, now we're just going to have someone talk at you while you go through the game from area to area, telling you what's going on. Um, And I think my my guess is the reason they did this is because they realized that at the end of the game, they hadn't told you what was going on. (laughs) And they needed you to have some context for the final confrontation. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds negative. It yeah. does. It sounds negative, but it didn't hamper my enjoyment of the game when I went through the first time. This is on later um later playthroughs that I was like, ah, I don't really want to hear this guy talk for fifteen minutes. Yeah. Any subsequent playthroughs you're like
1: And the analysis. <laughs> yeah. Are you like looking to critique
0: or just notice extra things, I guess. Yeah. And we tear games apart, like when we're trying to analyze them. So um, that's not always conducive to just playing through and having fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, after you've cleared through the area, you end up in Royce's like lab. lab is yeah, that? I'd yeah. say lab. Yeah, and he's he's basically he continues to talk to you in this slow, methodical speech. What you have there in your hands? Maybe it's a star or a tomb. The end of the world way to the country lighter than one might expect too a priceless artifact more significant than i don't know more than the two of us put together more than anything i can think of really and you've been dragging it like that on the ground but uh it boils down to he wants you to return the transistor to the cradle which is this location it's like (laughs) it would be the scabbard for the transistor. It literally is that. It's just gigantic. Yeah. Um, at which point, like, it kind of dematerializes in the air. It breaks out into a bunch of pieces and then pulls itself back together and, like, slams in the cradle. That looks really cool. It's a cool animation. Um, but he's kind of, kind of playing you. Um, and what ends up happening is, I guess, reality collapses or something, but you both end up on this um, inside. The transistor uh because you see um, these like cells kind of not prison cells but like um like a tube cryo tube looking stasis pod stasis pod i like that one i'm gonna use stasis pod I, i'm just watching jake like <laughs> gesture
1: wildly and <laughs> look for look for meaning in my eyes yeah
0: if you had my hand gestures i think this would be more tenable but the um with the the identities names people's names that are stored yeah. in the transistor. And uh, you have this back and forth where he talks to you and you don't say anything. Uh, where Royce uh, basically breaks it down. He's like, hey, we're both stuck in here and only one of us is making it out. And you both have transistors. He's like, should we take turns? I'll go first. Yeah. So at
1: this point, let's also hype up. Um, He also has another transistor. Yes. Yeah. You are inside of your transistor mm-hmm. i glossed over them <laughs> but he also made another transistor mm-hmm. so it gets to the, like some weird inception-y uh crazy stuff mm-hmm. but this is the only enemy combatant you have in the game who can do the same things you can yeah like has access to all of the same functions mm-hmm. and even as jake mentioned even the turn ability yep which he kind of analyzes in that really cool way mm-hmm. i'll go first yep And then you see, like, time freeze and he moves and you can't do anything. You're like, oh, shit. (laughs) And he's also an intelligent AI Mm -hmm. because if he doesn't have his turn ready to, like, freeze time and do actions, he will kind of peace off. Exactly. Peace off, man. (laughs) But he will, like, run away from you. So you'd have to use
0: or expend more of your turn chasing after him. Exactly. There's a lot of, like, trying to play the distances exactly right Mm -hmm. so that he won't initiate his turn. But you, your turn may be cooling down, so you want to run away, pull back a little bit, and you want those exchanges to be beneficial to you. He still takes backstab damage. So if you want to commit the resources to running around behind him, um, you're going to be able to attack fewer times, maybe do more damage. And uh, another, another mechanic here is um, the stasis pods here act as cover. So for at least the first phase, he kind of like, He's got this bouncing attack. He uses bounce, I think. I think it's literally bounce. Um, (laughs) That's a a separate function. Um, And if you're behind a stasis pod, he will waste some of his projectiles um, before switching off to the piercing ones that would just go through terrain. Yeah, um, And you'll take less damage. But, uh, yeah, I mentioned phases. This guy's like a three-phase fight. um, And... I think the goal of this fight was that you would be, on average, barely ahead of him. So, every time he empties your your health bar, you're going to lose a function. Mm -hmm. Um, And his functions are getting stronger for every phase, because he uses better ones. (laughs) Eventually, he actually starts walking up and smacking you in the face with really powerful functions. Not Cole, thank God. (laughs) That would kill you. (laughs) That would actually just kill you. But... uh, it's kind of it, it's meant to be this um, sustained combat where you just come out barely ahead. You can use strategies developed up to this point to just like alpha strike him out of every phase though, and that's amazing. That that is the goal. Yeah, for sure.
1: By the way, uh, you can't you can't switch him. Just a heads up. No. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he doesn't. He he doesn't go for that. Um, so. The game does give you a final, uh, a final pop-up, like you at a prompt or um, a terminal. Yeah. Where you can change out your abilities, and it's like prepare yourself. And you're just like, oh, oh geez, <laughs> I can finally use the elixirs I've been saving <laughs> all game. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's a heck of a fight. I um lost multiple times. Oh, with, yeah. with my limiters on. I know you. I was gonna say I know you lost <laughs> multiple times, but I, I was also in that situation. Yeah. And if you, if you full on lose, the game gives you a choice. Uh, it's got a cool cut. It's not a cut scene, but a, a failure screen um, with like blue skies in the background and stuff. Um, and Royce actually has a voice line for being like, I guess it's me. I guess I make it out." And uh, it's like, you can retry or you can retry without limiters. And Which is the nice way of saying like, have you tried lowering the difficulty? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Seems like you're fucking up. <laughs> and this is see, I know this is the final fight of the game. So at this point, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the the limiters off so I can beat this game. Um, but upon completion of that, actually beating him, he is trapped in the transistor. You return to reality as the one and true Highlander. <laughs> And uh, reality is basically entirely formatted by the process at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's kind of fully bleached out. I think mm-hmm. you are the last person yep. who is just there in CloudBank. Mm-hmm. Just everybody, there's, there's no one else. Um, and one of Royce's lines is he refers to the transistor as the brush. He was using this to change the world. This is a fully empowered transistor with all of the consciousnesses um, of everyone who wasn't just straight up killed by the process. Um, stored in it and so you just start remaking the world there's like a, a bridge and statues and you're just rebuilding it and like making this vibrant world out of nothing on this blank white canvas basically yeah. um and you hear the the voice of the the stranger the one who originally was stabbed by the transistor and you know he's like it's awesome you can go through you can create it you can you can like make the world however you want to and you go through these prompts you know you're building the world and eventually red just stops those prompts start stop popping up where you run forward and rebuild part of the world
1: yeah like they want to show you that you have this option and stranger like sees such potential in like the access to pure fucking raw power you have yeah um but at a point like i said uh, red does just stop yeah and I mean, she's been, like, silent protagonist the whole game. Mm -hmm. So you're like, what could she be thinking? Yeah. Um, But as you kind of have felt throughout the game, her whole motivation was to see if she could save
0: this guy. Yeah. But she realizes that she can't. Mm -hmm. There's a couple points where... um, And these actually got to me in both times I played. But she'll talk to the transistor through terminals. She'll type out a message like "I'm gonna get you out of there." Backspace it. He'll respond. She'll type something else, and then finally just submit whatever comment. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But she uses that as a way to actually speak to the transistor, and you get like this perception of like how she feels, and uh, yeah. At at the end, you're you're exactly back where the game started. You create the recreate the section um, where the the corpse of the stranger is now still slumped against the wall and she just um just sits down uh transistor the stranger is just saying like please no like no red don't and she uh telekineses that blade out and into herself
1: yep she puts her body right next to his Mm -hmm. and she also puts herself in the transistor so they can actually be together Mm -hmm.
0: in a virtual sense this is a very romeo and juliet moment <laughs> and that but this is a better love story than and romeo, romeo and juliet <laughs> yeah still a better love story than romeo and juliet <laughs> um and yeah i, lo- I love this ending when i played like i was these super giant games get me emotionally invested oh i i think i've <laughs> i don't think i cried for
1: pyre uh-huh Eyes moistened. <laughs> <laughs> Armed spaghetti. Wait. <laughs> no, but transistor I did have feels for mm-hmm. Bastion as well. Um and it's not something I usually go in expecting. Yeah. But like throughout the course of the game you do get invested and you give a shit. Yeah. Basically. Throughout like this theming and the music and these small interactions
0: kind of builds up. Yeah, a lot of it's like how can how much how much information can we convey with a heavy limitation on it? And like there's a lot of beefy video game protagonists, Soldier Boy, combat, first person shooter character. I say oh, so. Soldier- am I not singing it or are you singing it? <laughs> oh, is that a song? <laughs> but uh, uh, Supergiant has these completely likable protagonists that the way you discover about their characters how they interact with the world. Like, do they take the moment to eat a slice of pizza at their apartment like you can in this one? There are few interactions with other characters because the worlds are almost always depleted. Yeah, it's pretty barren. And, yeah, you just... You can get attached to them in a way that you couldn't get attached to a character that talks a lot and says nothing. This is the opposite of that. Um, Yeah, it's...
1: All of their characters have been very... I want to say humanized.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, you get to see, like, as you're saying, those interactions where you're like, oh, this is an actual person with a personality. Yeah. And you grow to like the good things about them, and you you understand the negative qualities about them and how they came to be that way. Right. Now, in Pyre, you obviously didn't have a, a character you played as. Mm-hmm. Um, well,
0: the reader mm-hmm. kind of... Mm-hmm. Your dialogue, as yes. You know what I meant. Um, yeah, yeah. But you see... He the, plays the, you. The interactions... <laughs> you played yourself. I hate this protagonist.
1: <laughs> you see all of these interactions between the characters in the game you can control. Mm-hmm. And you... almost not say fall in love with them, but you, you feel for them. You understand. Right. Mm-hmm. And Bastion, similar situation. Mm-hmm. And Transition just did a great job with you caring about red and her relationship with a stranger yeah even though
0: she doesn't really say anything towards it Mm -hmm. and you find out fucking sweet like nothing about the stranger it's just their interactions back and forth i like mysterious men (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that uh yeah just just that the art and the music all combined together make a very emotional encapsulated experience yeah that's definitive of super giant games and it's not
1: a crazy long game no it's never a crazy expensive game Mm -hmm. and it's always like on sale i think out of all the games it's probably my least favorite as far as mechanics (laughs) yeah dave's actually leading all this praise is leading up to a two out of (laughs) ten it's just for the other games compared to, to me this was not as impactful yeah but it is a still amazingly solid
0: game. Yeah, it's really hard for me to place place their games. I feel like I'm gonna give this one a two, but then it's I like would... picking your favorite child. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's easy. <laughs> the second one. <laughs> that would be much much harder if all of my children weren't just so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but that is transistor. Hopefully, uh, you guys enjoyed our trek through this. Um, as always, if you'd like to leave feedback, you can reach out to us at facebook.com slash soapstone podcast or send it, uh, feedback directly to us at soapstone at gmail.com. We'll love to hear from you guys. Uh, analysis, things like this. It's its great to know that we're not just talking into the void and we actually have listeners. So, I'm listening, Dave. <laughs> Dave listens to me. Why, why, why don't I other people? I say that, and I say this like every time, but we actually do have listeners. We're over like a thousand, two hundred and fifty listens. Globally. Listens, yes, uh-huh. yes. And admittedly, most of those are me, <laughs> but still, if we had a thousand episodes, that's one listen per episode, and we're nowhere near a thousand. So, it's good, good stuff. There's no reason I need to append this at the end. No, yeah, nobody's going to listen this far anyway. <laughs> They're out. All right, well, have a good night, and we will see you in the next one. When
1: Get away with this, are we?